Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the Edgework Podcast. This is episode number six alongside Dennis Bernstein, David Pinota. I'm Zach Bodenstein, and a lot has happened over the last week. It's been kind of tough to keep up for some, but certainly we'll go through everything and how this affects the playoff picture, specifically in the East, because everybody's loading up, but also we'll touch on the Western Conference. And we got to start in the West, Dennis, because Jonathan Quick, the icon, the legend of the Los Angeles Kings, now a Columbus Blue Jacket for now. Of course, that can always change in the next few hours, the next few days. But just your overall take on that trade, it was Jonathan Quick going the other way to get Gabrikov. Well, first of all, Zach, I'm glad we're doing this podcast on Wednesday as opposed to Friday because I don't think there's going to be anything left for Friday. So it's good that we're doing it now. Okay, so a lot of tears were shed last night. A lot of DMs, my DMs, a lot of people slid into my DMs. A lot of Kings fans, are. most of them are upset. An icon was traded. You're talking about a two-time cup winner, a guy who won the Conn Smythe, a guy who will be on the Mount Rushmore of LA Kings because that's how important he was to this organization. A warrior, a guy you want to go to battle with. That's his mentality is why not only his performance, but his mentality. And he was a guy a few words, as Dave will testify to. Uh, but he was beloved by this uh, fan base. And it's and it's a sad day. It is. It, it, it's tough because, again, you want to go out on your own terms. And I, I put it to Kings fans, would it be better if the season ended, he was still here and didn't sign a contract and went to play someone else? Well, it's basically the same thing. Now, if he gets flipped around to another team and he comes back to the Pacific, that's another story. But um, here's the deal. Right? And I wrote a column for the fourth period earlier this week. It's a matter of not cost, but trust. Rob Blake did not trust that the team he had prior to the Winnipeg game was going to go deep in the playoffs. I think he has more trust now because Gavrikov's an improvement on the left side, Corpusello, and yeah, you can talk about his save percentage and his goals against. And but when you look at Jonathan Quick, the one sad part for me, Zach, is that the last game he played as a king, he was pulled at MSG in his metro area, New York home, um, against the Rangers. Uh, Will he help another team? Nope. I don't know. Right. Uh, but it was uh, an impactful trade. But if you take the emotion out of it, and it's great as reporters that we're not emotionally attached to teams, it was a good trade for the LA Kings. It was. And just some backs. And by the way, just so everybody knows, I'm I'm on this thing. I'm going to be on here a lot um, <laughs> throughout the course of, of this podcast as a lot of stuff goes down here. Um, and a couple quick things on quick. One – He's a Vegas Golden Knight. Uh, they're in the pro- in the process of finalizing that agreement. Um, there's a few logistical things that need to be finalized. Um, I put that out earlier today, and it, it's it's now coming to fruition. So Vegas getting Jonathan Quick and a little bit of familiarity there. First of all, it's closer to home. Uh, you have Alec Martinez and Brady yeah. McNabb, two guys that are buddies with Quick and that played with him in L.A. So there's a little bit of familiarity there. Um, the other part of this, Quick wants to keep playing. Um, he He – Talk to the Kings about a two-year extension, and it just wasn't in the cards. And to Dennis's point, he wanted to keep playing. He wants to play one or two more seasons. I mean, it seems like two because he asked for a two-year deal. 
And it just wasn't there. Now, did I expect Rob Blake to flip the script and trade him? No. Uh, but here we are. And, and to Dennis's point, take the emotion out of it. It's the right move for the LA Kings. Uh, Jonathan Quick, with all due respect, and I love the guy, no. just wasn't having a good season. So, I mean, he's pissed off now. So watch him be dynamite for the Vegas Golden Knights <laughs> when, when all this goes down. Um, and it'll be a hell of a round two matchup if these two teams do meet up in the second round, maybe maybe even the first. Um, but this was a deal that I think the Kings needed to make. They were in on Jacob Chikrin. I know we're getting to him in a second. They had a very, I was told, quote, lucrative offer on the table for Jacob Chikrin. Um, and didn't happen. They took too long. The Kings had to go in a different direction. They get Vladdy Gavriskov. I think it's a great ad for their back end. Corpusalo, different environment, could probably do better. Um, but, I mean, it's Copley's net and, now. That's and clear. more thing, Jack. Yeah, so that was going to be my fault. extension uh, intel. I asked Rob about that in the, the, in the Zoom call that we had with him earlier today. And he said that they had had a conversation, the Kings, with Quick and his reps um, probably last summer, but nothing recently, which tells you that they weren't interested in bringing him back. And so the – when I, I like a worse scenario would have been yep. if they waived him, right? So I, I give it's degrees. Like it, it, I think it's more embarrassing for a guy to be waived, yeah. not claim. And then what do you do? Like you play him in Ontario? Is that what you do? So it's it's the best situation. Plus, as Dave mentioned, the timing of this, and Rob mentioned this as well. They had to move on this now. There were other offers, obviously, for Gavrikov. It wasn't going to work out with Chipping, so they had to make the trade as soon as the game was over last night. And it was upsetting, and it was sudden, and I'm sure that was a very, very painful ride home. I'm sure there were a lot of beers on that flight, but they still allowed beers on flights. But but that's the backstory to, to why it's it's run out um, to uh, where we are right now. Dave loves those airline beers. Now, guys, this is this is a league where it's measured by success, right? Stanley Cups wins. It's always great to talk about the sentimental stuff, but at the end of the day, you are based on your results. Jonathan Quick was not getting those results. So this makes sense. Now, let's see if he can go revenge mode, beast mode as a Vegas Golden Knight. And first of all, get the opportunity to get the crease quite a bit because Logan Thompson's out. Aiden Hill's been good. Who knows how long Brossois will be out. So he might have some opportunities here to jump in goal. Um, Dave, you mentioned you think it's Copley's net. And Dennis, I'm wondering, because you're around the team, how do you see the goaltending situation playing out now? They bring in Corpus Allen, who had a 9-11 save percentage in Columbus. Copley... Got the win yesterday. It wasn't his best game, but he got the win. So how do you see that well, playing with 13, out the LA net? With 20 games left, it would have been the rotation would have been if they stayed pat, would have been probably 13 Copley, 7 quick. I assume it probably starts there. And if Copacello plays better, maybe you have a 50-50 split. And then maybe the last 10 games of the season, these two guys are playing for game one in the playoffs. Because I assume the Kings going to make the playoffs. Calgary keeps going backwards, keeps losing games in overtime, whatever. So I, I think it's a wait-and-see situation. So I think there's a level of trust in Copley. You can still win games. And he did win the game last night, even though he didn't break per day. But you want another option here, and this is going to be the option. So, I, look, conceivably, could Corpusalo be the guy in game one and after the Kings? He could be, but he'd have to do a lot of work here in the last 20 games. He would have to be clear-cut better than Copley. I'm not sure he's going to get that many opportunities to prove it. And that's the latest on Jonathan Quick, who now seemingly is a Vegas Golden Knight, the arch rival or one of the arch rivals of the LA Kings. So that'll certainly be interesting to see how that plays out. 
Now, Gavrikov is a member of the LA Kings, of course, filling a hole in the left side. They were in on Jacob Chikrin through it all. Jacob Chikrin is still a coyote. Dave, what's the latest on Jacob Chikrin? Yeah, it's a little quieter today. I think a lot of teams are circling around trying to figure out exactly what they can do. I think the Coyotes certainly are in this regard now that L.A. is presumably out of the mix unless their package changes because it included a first-round pick this summer. Um, I can tell you that two teams, Carolina as of this afternoon, still in on it, um, still in the mix for Jacob Chikrin. Washington was also in the mix, and I believe they still are in the fold with respect to, to Jacob Chikrin. Now, both Carolina, this is interesting. So both Carolina and Washington, they don't need to have money going back. They don't need to send a contract back. They don't need to have Arizona retain. They can make this trade without having to flip money back. Um, financially, that's not a concern. The concern is the package. It's a first-round pick. It's either another first-round pick or an equivalent first-round previous drafted player. And then a, a, a top-tier asset on top of it, unless you're breaking up a few things. And the, the, Like the four-piece the four piece assets revolves around Arizona taking money back. And then here's a draft pick and see you later. So it's really three A-plus assets for Jacob Chikrin. And I think both Arizona, uh, Carolina and Washington have two A's. I don't know if they got three in there. Now, the other teams in the mix, like Winnipeg, not willing to pay the price right now. Uh, Buffalo's still there, cycling back. I believe they're having another discussion later today, and, and probably by the time this cuts on, they'll already have had that. So we may have a little bit more clarity later on as to what's going on with the Sabres. St. Louis, back and forth. Calgary, I'm not too sure. Pittsburgh, in the mix. I forgot to mention them, still in the mix. But they need to make money uh, move and, and money work. So it's it's still complicated. There's less than 48 hours to figure this out. He wants it done. His agent wants it done. His girl wants it done. Everybody wants it done on his side. And the Coyotes want this to friggin' end too. So you got less than two days to figure it out, Bill. <laughs> yeah, it's been like three years that Jacob Chikrin's been on the block. Obviously has not been traded. DB, who are you looking at to, I guess, every I, he can help anybody, right, at the end of the day. Yeah. Who do you think can benefit from him most, assuming the Kings are out? Uh. Well, if Washington's rebuilding, probably Washington. Well, it, sorry guys, it might mm-hmm. not end up being Carolina uh, because they've oh. just they've just acquired Shane Goss' spare from the Arizona Coyotes. Are you serious? Okay, there you go. That's the beauty That's of this that we're getting this stuff on the fly. So there we go. Well, I was going to say um, Washington over Carolina. So there you go. I was right. <laughs> <laughs> Nostradamus. Yeah, so yeah, I just think Carolina's act. They need help up front. Like, you know, I know they made one trade, but they, did they replace Pacioretty's goal scoring or potential goal scoring? They didn't. And, and look, he would have been a fit in L.A., but two first rounds and really the equivalent of another top asset, it, it depends how you value this guy. If you value Chicken as the guy who's going to put you over and win you a cup, okay, make that trade. But what is he really? Is he a Norris Trophy winner? He's not. So is he a top – he's a three on a championship team. Maybe a two, not a one. And because of that, I see why Blake pushed back on that deal because they were interested and for a very long time. But for that price, I'm not sure he's going to be worth it. And if they don't move him by Friday, the value of him is going to go down. So I think they're boxed in now. And with Carolina going in a different direction, who knows? Maybe he's a, <laughs> maybe he's a coyote after this trade deadline, which would be 
Well, with all the craziness, I'm not ruling anything out. Think about how nice that Canes blue line is right now. This is instant trade analysis here. You've got guys like Shea, Pesci, Slavin, Burns. You throw uh, – Chatfield's been good for them too. You throw now Gossespierre in the mix, who's been playing some good hockey this year, Dave. Carolina's still got the cap space here potentially to make another move. Like obviously we don't know if they're going to be retaining or maybe you do, but uh, – They've still got some 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 moves here because we're talking about the East coming up in a second, and everybody's been doing something. The Canes now get Puliarvi, and now they get Gossespierre. So this team's kind of coming together now. Yeah, they were in on John Klingberg as well. Um, as, as we thought, that might have been a backup plan for the Carolina Hurricanes. Now he's a right shot. The Gossespierre is left, just like Chikrin. So clearly, they wanted to shift and get on um, uh, an upgrade on the left side. I think Seattle might be the destination here for uh for john klingberg when all is said and done but we'll we'll keep tabs on that um but look they wanted a mobile guy they wanted somebody that can assist and and, and that can chip in on the offense gosses is that kind of player and as you mentioned having a pretty good season this year um so this is an opportunity for uh carolina to shift gears like i said they didn't give up three a plus or a uh, assets for chicken they gave a third round pick for shane gosses um asset management yeah, yeah. as it's as its finest it's a hell of a trade. It's not much. It's not, and and I don't. I mean, in, again, this is like it's literally twenty twenty six third round pick. Three minutes. Twenty twenty six. Well, twenty twenty six. Creative I, GMs in the NHL? Are you kidding me? What's happening? <laughs> uh, it is. It is creative. It is uh, a twenty twenty six though. Bill, what the? All right, whatever. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't understand that, but okay. Um, I, I just, I'm still at a bit of a loss here and trying to figure this out as to why they would go 20. I guess who gives a crap? They save a little bit of money. It doesn't look like there's money retained. Uh, we haven't confirmed that at this point, but um, again, they want Carolina wanted to get somebody on that back end and Arizona has been wide open for business. Um, there's been some reluctance to retain on Chikrin's deal. It sounds like they just lost an option here. Uh, with respect to, to Carolina. Now, I am curious as I'm checking in with somebody to see if Washington has shifted things. Um, so we'll, we'll find that out momentarily, but I hope. Um, but th- th- this is, they're not done. I mean, even aside from Chikrin, there's Nick Bukestad, there's Nick Ritchie, um, there's Nick Schmalls. Everybody named Nick, get the hell out of Arizona. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then Lawson Krause has been drawing interest as well. Krause and, and Schmaltz, they have... Yeah. Um, term left on their deal. And the other guy who's on an expiring one is Troy Stetcher. He's also out there. A lot of guys to watch. And now you got to cross off a pretty big suitor for Jacob Chikrin. So that list continues to narrow down. Two teams in two days go out and they fill left-handed D-holes that maybe they were looking to fill Chikrin with. DB, let's talk about the East because it has been just a gauntlet so far. All these teams loading up. We just touched on Carolina, who right now made a trade to acquire Shane Gostisbehere, so they're getting even better. The other day they acquired Yessa Puliarvi. But in your mind, which East team has improved the most? We've seen a lot of teams make a lot of moves, and it's certainly a very, very tight race. But who do you see as the favorite after – well, I get the deadline isn't done, but to this point, who's the favorite? Well, I think the second-place team would be Boston because you get to put Orloff on your third defense pair. And this was a team that was supposedly going after Gavrikov. They had interest in Chikrin. They add that player when he came available. They swooped right in and do that. So I'd say second place for Boston. 
But look, I said this before. Prior to uh, about a month ago, if you added up all the goals scored by the Kings right, uh, the uh, Rangers right wings, it was 27 goals. And now they added Tarasenko and Kane on the right side. So without question, they improve themselves the most. Now, chemistry, who knows? I assume, Pat, you know, the thing about Kane's hip, and maybe it's not 100%, but you saw the way he closed the show in the last few games for Chicago. He appears to be healthy. So with those two guys, and here's the thing, Zach, you watch this team, you watch the Rangers play Carolina, they're Carolina's kryptonite. Remember, last year in the playoffs, they beat them in seven, and they can score a lot of goals. For some reason, they find a way to, to get offense against Carolina. Two, three weeks ago, they went in on a Saturday, won 6-2. Redman scored four goals. That makes them very dangerous to get out of the division. Does it put them past Boston, which is the prohibitive favorite? It doesn't. Not yet. I have to see these these guys play and how they integrate themselves in the lineup. But certainly from the need standpoint, they got way better on right wing, and that's what they needed to do. So kudos to Chris Jury for making that happen. So Dave, a lot of East teams have made a lot of moves, and we presume they're not done because we see these moves just keep flying in. Who, in your mind, has improved the most? I don't know if there's a clear-cut favorite, and I apologize because of everything going on, DB. I have no idea what you said. So if I repeat myself, I, I, I apologize. Um, but I, I like what Boston did. I, I, I like what Toronto did. I like what the Rangers have done. I love Timo Meyer in Jersey. That's more of a long-term play. Um, I, I like the Gostaspear ad in Carolina a lot. I mean, the Puyarvi's a, you're taking a chance. I'd like to see a little bit more from the Canes, to be honest. Um, but those other teams, like, I, I like what they did. I like Janot in Tampa. That's one of the, like, they wanted an FU kind of guy. They got yeah. that in Tanner Janot. That's exactly mm-hmm. what they wanted. That's exactly what they got, that they paid the price for that. Um, and, I mean, we, we got to see exactly how, this is, um, yeah, lots going on, obviously. We, we've got to see exactly how um, they can, the, these, these other teams in, in the West really, really adjust to this. And we're seeing some movement. We're seeing some activity and things like that. Um, and, yeah, the Hronic trade is pretty significant from Vancouver's side of things because they're trying to shore up their decor. And they've been doing that, looking to do that for a while. Um, and they had the extra first-round pick to get that out. But, like, I'm not really I'm – not, I'm not sure there's a clear cut in the West right now. Like, East is just a freaking powerhouse, and everybody knows it. That leads us to our point about the West because we are talking about the East loading up. The West, not so much – DB, is there one team that's just one move away? We know the Kings made that trade yesterday, but it seems like Dallas is due. It seems like Vegas mm-hmm. beyond quick can make an ad. Colorado's added Eller, but it seems like they need another piece. Like, what do you think shapes up in the West right now? Well, the echo move for uh, Edmonton's really big. For them. Now, the, the, but there's a yeah. question there because now they lost a quarterback on, on power play one and Tyson Berry, and he's loved in that room. So then the question of chemistry, but – you know, Ed Combs a warrior. He's been to a cup final. Uh, he should fit well and fill a need. So, and if, if, you, if you can take away a little offense from Edmonton, I don't think it hurts them. I, I think the big moves, Zach, and you mentioned this team, Lars Eller isn't a 2C, right? But he just might be the 2C they need on this team because he's better than Comfer and he's better than um, Newhook. So it gives them more depth down the middle. That's the one thing that I said. I said, even if Colorado got fully healthy, they never replaced Nas Kadri. Now, Lars Eller is not a replacement for Nas Kadri, but he's a quality guy that can play defense, take face-offs, 
and, and might be the, the, the type of center they need to put them over, assuming everybody comes back healthy, which is still a big assumption for Colorado. But I think that makes them um, more dangerous to repeat. Not Again, not Nas Kadri, but a, a need that they had to address, and they've done that in Denver. Dave, what are you looking at in the West right now? Who needs to step up and make a big move? I, I want to see what Dallas ends up doing, quite frankly. Like, I, and, and Vegas outside of quick. I mean, they, they still got to move somebody up front and get somebody in there up front. So, like, with the Dallas Stars, I, I like the Dadanov addition, but I want to see more out of, out of Dallas, quite frankly. Like, I, I, think there's, I think there's more to be had because I think there's an opportunity to pounce. I know Winnipeg's looking around, but as I mentioned earlier, they weren't paying a premium for Jacob, Jacob Chikrin unless that price drops. I, I don't, I don't see it. So I'd like to see more out of Dallas and I'd like to see a little bit more out of Vegas here. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if LA looks at a mid six kind of guy as well. Um, I, I don't think they're done. Yeah. I think there's a little bit more coming out of LA. Yeah, certainly the opportunity there to go out and get somebody else. They cleared some cap space with that Jonathan quick move as controversial as some Kings fan, fans think it would be DB. They did get better from that deal. They still have an opportunity to add to this team. And DB, it does seem like the West is that kind of conference. We'll be talking about this for weeks where somebody really is one big move away. The Kings have made one of the mo- the, the biggest moves so far. Of course, we talked about Matias Ekholm. But in your mind, what do you want to see the Kings go do beyond that with that added cap space? Um, maybe add a bottom six guy who's more responsible defensively. And you talk about the goaltending and inning on the left side. But – they're not it's funny Zach they went from a really solid defensive team last year to not such a great a team that is they're they're scoring to win not playing to win and that's that's one of the things so when you see games like last night in uh Winnipeg that's what was happening 20 games into the season where they weren't buying into the system and they had heard so many times in the offseason about this team can't score they don't have enough offense well they finally have the the the, the weapons to score but they have to be a little bit more responsible defensively. So maybe, maybe a three C you can move uh, Blake Lazard who's had a solid season down to a four C maybe Kapari comes out. So just, I, I think a bottom six forward. Now the good news is uh, Trevor Moore, who's been out, he was out for about a month concussion issue. It, it kind of resurfaced here in the last couple of days. His absence isn't supposed to be long-term. So they're probably not looking for the wing. If they do add, it would be a bottom six player with a little more defensive responsibility, a little bit more bite. Um, uh, and I think that's what that's the final end. I don't think going to swing big again. This is the big swing that they took that Rob Blake feel they needed to do. Yeah, there always seems to be a market for those bottom six forwards. We've seen a bunch of them moved already, and I'm sure a bunch will get moved again. We also have a trade deadline show coming on Friday on the Hammer HQ. It's hosted by Zach Phillips. It'll be live 2 p.m. Eastern on Friday, just an hour before that final bell, and everybody has to put their pencils down and say goodbye to the trade season guys it's been fun this is our last show before that deadline i'm sure next week we're going to talk a lot about these trades and talk about that march to the playoffs pun intended as we get down the stretch so for dennis bernstein david pinota i'm zach bodenstein thanks for listening to the edgework podcast and we will see you next week